I had no idea that there was a song so appropriate for Dean Campbell and the Detroit Lions. You got to lose your mind in Rock City. Didn't he start one of his locker room meetings or start one of his addresses to the team with, I promise you I'm not a lunatic? Oh, so good. That's the only thing I would suggest, Producer Jay. If we could possibly add him saying, I'm not a lunatic. I promise I'm not a lunatic. I still have the um, outline on my on my Adobe, so I could add that in there, yeah. That was amazing. I loved it. It just felt like the only thing it was missing is Dan Campbell promising he's not a lunatic, even as he talks about biting kneecaps and... <laughs> Everything else. I agree. I agree. That will definitely add that in there. And yet, do you not feel like Aiden Hutchinson is perfect for him? Wait. No, something. Se- <laughs> okay. Why are you giving me that look? I feel like he, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. He's crazy too. You need, what I say earlier, you gave me a look and I thought, shoot, did I get his name wrong? You know, the number two overall pick right. for the Lions. Yeah, checks all the boxes. Yeah, no, why are you looking at me like that then? I just wasn't sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, going back to Aiden, uh, the fact that he's he's a little bit crazy too. Like, he's this unbelievable motor, but he's also kind of crazy. And find people in life that are your kind of crazy. If Dan Campbell can surround himself with a bunch of other people that speak his language and that are his kind of crazy, like Aiden... Perfect. It'll work. You got to have people that buy in. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It is the hump show, middle show of the work week. Producer Jay's giving me weird licks. Uh, licks. <laughs> Definitely not that. I check all the boxes. I was looking for that drop, which had seemed to be deleted from my folder, and then I found it. That's that was where the weird look stemmed from. Not that. Not the weird licks. I don't know where that started. You don't know where just because your host is an idiot and I say stupid crap all the time. You don't know that's never happened before. You've never heard anything weird come out of my mouth. No, ever. Okay. Well, please, if we could delete that from the podcast. Just like from the record before other shows get a hold of it. Uh, So the weird looks were coming from the other other side of the double pane glass, which threw me off for a second. Because when Jay gives me weird looks, I think I just said something wrong. No, you were just giving a weird look to the computer. Yes. You were were giving weird licks to the computer. I was weirdly licking the computer. (laughs) Weirdly licking at it. Oh, heavens. If that ever happens, I'm out of here. All right. So there's no really salvaging. This so old. I would not lick this equipment. The show or my dignity. They're they're both completely gone. Uh, I have none. I learned a long time ago in this business that you might as well just you might as well just learn to uh, laugh at yourself because really there's no dignity left after 20 hours of live radio per week, especially when you're working overnight. <laughs> we are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS. No, I don't need your comments in the peanut gallery. I know that what I said was highly inappropriate and probably someone needs to call HR. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook and send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Jay did kind of indicate that he's not thrilled with the questions so far. So if you would send your creative and unique questions, you would probably move to the front of the class. And also get weird licks from producer Jay. (laughs) Weird licks all around. You get a lick. I'm such a weirdo.
mess up sometimes when they talk, but it's more about the ums or the uhs or I don't know. I'm the only one who manages to sub in the the worst words at the most inappropriate times or I just make them up. So, you know, let's let someone else talk because Mike Tomlin can distract you all. <laughs> Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness. It's lost. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Yes. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. City. Off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone touchdown. Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. All right, buckle up. We're going to distract you with the yellow and gold object. That is Mike Tomlin talking about his quarterback sets a long time coming okay it's not that long it was a month but it was a lot of sound and fury demanding a change at qb and here is the head coach of the pittsburgh steelers in regards to the quarterback position we made a change in game um and kenny will start this week and i just want to talk about that we made the change obviously um, Mitch's performance was a component of the decision, but not the only component of the decision. And I just want to be really clear there. Um, oftentimes, the quarterback position gets too much credit, oh, yeah. too much blame. Yep. Um, we haven't moved the ball fluidly enough to our liking. Um, we hadn't put enough points on the board. The quarterback is a component of that, but, but not the only component. We've all got to absorb um, the responsibility that comes with what we are, what we haven't done, particularly in that phase, including myself and starting with myself. And so, um, when you make a quarterback change, you you're really sensitive uh, to that component of it because I don't want to dump the responsibility of what transpired at, at Mitch's feet. That's not fair to him. He's played better than that description, uh, but we haven't. And so, in an effort to be better, in an effort to score more points, in an effort to move the ball more fluidly, we decided to go to Kenny. And in the hopes that he would provide a spark for us, um, you know, we felt that um, um, not only in terms of our ability to move the ball, but just in terms of energy. And so hopefully um, that's a catalyst for us as we try to move forward and change the outcome of some of these games, man. That's kind of the idea. And yes, Mitch Trubisky has a ceiling. We've known that going back to his days with the Bears. I think he learned a lot with the Buffalo Bills. In fact, they probably are going to rely on him for some insight and some intel coming up this weekend when the Steelers play in Orchard Park. But the idea that there's more energy, there's more buzz, just people are engaged a little more. And I don't mean fans. I mean the guys on the field. Uh, for whatever reason, sometimes you can make a change like that and there's hope, which generates more energy and guys are willing to try a little harder, work a little harder, dig a little deeper to see if, okay, maybe with this guy, maybe with this change, now we can start to move forward. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Kenny Pickett with 
two rushing touchdowns and three interceptions in his first half of NFL football. So what about Kenny moving forward? We have no reservations about what Kenny is going to be capable of in terms of our schematics. Um, obviously, we have a level of concern about the environment we're taking him into, but, ah. you know, you have a, a level of concern about any quarterback that you take into that environment versus that defense and that venue. And so um, that's a component of it, but not a significant component of it outside the usual in terms of respecting it. Um, Kenny has shown us maturity at every point throughout this process. Um, he, he's older than most rookies, fluid and quick decision-making, um, pro-like anticipation and things of that nature have proven to be true. That's why we, we took him when we were given the opportunity to do so. That's high praise for a rookie quarterback. Now, he didn't take a lot of snaps with the first team during the preseason or during training camp because it would miss his job. But they're going to get him up to speed as much as they possibly can. And welcome to the NFL rookie. Into Orchard Park you go. The cut and paste component was the cut and paste component. They body slam tables for fun. Man, Steelers-Bills, a game to watch coming up this weekend. Uh, And anything the Dallas Cowboys do ever is worth watching. But certainly the fact that they are three and one, despite losing their starting QB on opening weekend, Jerry Jones doing his weekly appearance on our Dallas affiliate, 105.3 The Fan. What is the latest on Dak's hand injury? Well, I know that uh, it's better. uh, And I know that... uh, 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 he's uh, uh, going to go out there every day and uh, uh, make progress toward being able to grip the ball. I don't know that you could ask for better news, uh, technically, physically, and uh, uh, how uh, it's uh, responding, at, uh, uh, how it's healing, so to speak. Is he able to grip the football now? Uh, no, not well enough to uh, uh, play. So Jerry Jones is acknowledging to Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan that Dak cannot grip the football well enough to play at the moment. And so that should indicate he's not going to be starting come week number five. However, the fact that the Cowboys haven't lost since Dak Prescott had to have that hand surgery, that thumb surgery. Jerry, did you actually believe your team would be 3-1 and one after he got injured? No, I did not. We were, uh, uh, the thought for me uh, was uh, uh, let's just don't get eliminated from uh, having a chance to uh, compete as we go into the season and certainly as we get closer to the playoff time. Uh, let's don't eliminate ourselves. <laughs> they have not done that. In fact, don't look now, but the NFC East has the best collective record in football. According to Mike McCarthy, Prescott was still dealing with some swelling in that thumb joint. And you hear Jerry say he's not gripping the football yet. Had the surgery on September 12th. But the fact that we're even talking about him returning to the field uh, is impressive. So on the Cowboys go and Cooper Rush has got to be having the time of his life 
uh, really playing with house money. <laughs> so the Cowboys are on the road at the Rams this weekend. Ooh, wonder if Aaron Donald will have something to say about that. Staying in the NFC East, Daniel Jones was out of the game for a time uh, with the Giants-Bears in week four because of an ankle injury. Remember, he had two rushing touchdowns before the ankle injury. They had to bring him back to relay plays and also line up as a wide receiver uh, when Saquon Barkley was in the Wildcat. He was clearly hurting. So, Coach Dayball, what about your quarterback? He has a uh, ankle. He has two, uh, actually. Uh, is, it a, is it a sprained ankle? Like no, fra- no fractures. Yeah, no, he's he's fine in that regard. He's got a he's got an ankle sprained. Um, you know, we'll see where he's at. High ankle sprain. Yeah, I'm not going to get into to the specifics of it. He has an a ankle. Uh, ankle. <laughs> All right, taking a page out of Bill Belichick's book. Really, most coaches would like to uh, keep that information close to the vest, but I covered it. <laughs> that was a unique and amusing way of doing it. I don't think anybody was fooled. <laughs> so we don't know yet about Daniel Jones, though we do know that the Giants are in London to take on the Packers coming up on Sunday morning. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Their offense has sputtered, has been highly inconsistent, even in those moments where he has shown flashes of the Seattle Russell Wilson. So what would mark progress for the Denver Broncos as they would kick off on Thursday night football against the Colts? Winning. That's it. I mean, that's all all that really matters is I think, you know, you want to be great on third down, great in the red zone. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, we, we put on the pads and cleats to win. I think every game has a history of its own. You know, you can worry about all the things ahead. What I do know, there's a lot of teams that are two and two. Um, there's a lot of teams. You know, there's a handful of teams that are three and one, and uh, they were right in striking distance. We we got them right where we want them, so uh, we got to go get it. It is pretty amazing that there is only one team with no losses. Every team has at least one win, and the divisions are all jumbled up. Now, it's only been a month, so it's hard to create a ton of separation in a month, but a lot of people pointing to the fact that teams are very closely clumped together when it comes to their abilities, their talent, but also the fact that no one's really shown a ton of consistency through the first month. Now, it's the Colts who are surprising a lot of people because they bring in Matt Ryan, who, yes, has had a turnover issue the last couple of years, but still has played really well. And with the offensive line, with Jonathan Taylor, with that Colts defense, uh, it's not going the way that a lot of people would have anticipated. So Matt's still adjusting to a new offense in Indy. There's definitely an adjustment of, you know, learning – you know, the, the kind of new verbiage. I liken it to, you know, when you're learning Spanish or, or whatever, when, um, you know, you're in, you're in high school or in school and you know what you want to say and sometimes just can't get it out. But, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like the coaching staff here has done a great job of helping me adjust with that. I feel like, I feel like we've been, you know, pretty good the first couple of weeks and I feel like I'm in a, a good really? space of, of knowing, um, you know, knowing the scheme. And uh, knowing, you know, the terminology and the verbiage and, and, and spitting that out pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, 
of Matt Ryan turnovers led to a pair of Tennessee touchdowns in their game uh, at home against the Titans last week. And then Jonathan Taylor has a fumble as well. He's dealing with a bulky knee, I think it is. And so right now, uh, it better not be the verbiage that's holding them back. They just need to clean it up and they need to find a rhythm. And obviously, I think the more Jonathan Taylor, the better, unless he is banged up. So that's your Thursday night matchup. Try to get excited. Colts and Broncos on Amazon Prime. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We talked about it with Armando Salguero. The number one headline still coming out of week four. Tua's health. That scary moment where he had the concussion against the Bengals. And and he was lying on the field for all the world to see. And even Tom Brady was talking about concussions in the NFL on his Let's Go podcast this week. I think concussions are a part of contact sports. And I think, you know, I watch, you know, boxing, I watch UFC, you know, people are knocked out quite a bit. So, you know, that's part of playing these, you know, very physical sports and, you know, all of them come with risks associated with it. And I think when you're an athlete that chooses to do that, you know, you got to understand this is part of it, just like you can injure other parts of your body as well. So, you know, I think my view has always been, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, you know, and to do your best you could do to try to be really proactive with your health and to make sure that when you do get injured, you can recover as quickly as possible and get your body in the best position possible to give it the best nutrients possible to deal with whatever trauma you kind of uh, come into contact with. One of my questions is whether or not the NFL concussion protocols need to change. Do they need to revisit or upgrade? Should there be an automatic mandatory period in which a player has to sit out? So all of these are questions I'm sure the NFL and the Players Association are dealing with and investigating on a regular basis, but even more now in light of what happened with Tua. So what about it, Tom? I think those are all being evaluated, no doubt. But at the same time, you know, I think that Again, I think so much is focused kind of on the aftermath of that. I think what can we do in advance in order to help us athletes be in a position where we can deal with the physical elements of sport? Because you're not going to be able to take them out of sports. You know, that's just not the reality. If you want to play two-hand touch football, there's not going to be a lot of people that tune in, you know. <laughs> Concussions, True. knees. You know, I'd say most athletes would probably rather deal with a concussion than deal with a knee injury. You know, so there's going to be knee injuries, going to be ankle injuries, going to be concussions, going to be shoulder injuries, going to be. I think that we all kind of jump to these, you know, thoughts and conclusions in a short period of time. But you know, at the same time, this is just what sports are, and I think you got to take the good with the bad. I actually have heard that from football players. They would rather deal with a concussion and a head injury, even though there's a lot of uncertainty around it, than they would deal with a knee injury, an ACL that takes them out for a year, potentially. All right, one more. And this is, so that was Tom Brady's Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM. This is Aaron Rodgers, who makes his weekly appearance now on the Pat McAfee show. And a lot of people talking about the mutual admiration society that features he and Bill Belichick and the moments they shared in the game this past weekend. Bill is such a legend, you know, like he, Started coaching long before I got in the league, knew who he was, obviously incredible success, but just being ahead of the curve the way he has with his defensive styles and innovation and 
you know, he's just a fantastic, fantastic coach. Also, you know, ahead of the curve on media. You know, the way that he handles <laughs> the media has been legendary for decades now. But the thing that touched me that I really appreciated was him coming over pregame. He was ahead of the curve with media. The way he handles media is legendary. It's, of course, players think that, but I highly doubt that the majority of media members themselves would think that. <laughs> In fact, I do see and even hear a lot of uh, my former colleagues and co-workers in New England media complaining about Bill Belichick. Day by day. I mean, he's cantankerous. That's for sure. In the end, you know, Rogers is just too good. <laughs> we can't beat him. He's way better than we are. Ho-hum, your. All right, you've got a few minutes left to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything, but you are up to date with the QB News, even as week five is on the horizon. You can find us on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. Did we share the video of the dog catching the home run ball? Okay, Jay's going to do it right now. So if you don't want to go and send questions for Ask Amy, we'll definitely go and check out the Golden Retriever who came up with a home run ball and was clearly not going to relinquish it. And then while you're there, creative, unique, interesting questions that do not revolve around me coming up with a Super Bowl prediction. Still a couple of minutes left for you to vote for TD of the week. All of that available on our social. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. On the hump show, middle show of the work week where no one's looking anyone. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown! Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Top step. Center's helping into the end zone. Touchdown! The people have spoken, and one score stands above the rest. Here is your TD of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs. At the two. They fake the trap. Now Mahomes scrambling to his right. Holding it, holding it, gets off the hit, now lunging forward, and now fires it late, caught at the back of the end zone! Clyde Edwards-Hilaire! Mahomes with the touchdown pass! His second touchdown pass of this game, the 161st of his career. That is the most touchdown passes by any NFL quarterback in history in their first 67 games. Chiefs will bring an extra offensive lineman, Nick Allegretti, into the game. He lines up on the right side of the line. That's where Kelsey is as well. Offset eye behind Mahomes. Here's the snap. Mahomes back on a play fake. Rolling right. Being chased. Gets away. Mahomes is looking. Looking. Spins out of a tackle. Mahomes flips it into the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. I mean seriously. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the back of the end zone on a jump shot from Patrick Mahomes. Extends the KC lead. What What are we doing here? The NFL hasn't seen anything like Pat Mahomes, I promise you that. And you saw it today. He's the Houdini of our era, man. The guy just finds ways to make plays uh, throughout the game. I mean, big-time third downs, big-time goal line plays, um, just willing our team into the end zone, willing our team to win, and that's our ultimate leader, man. It seems like every time I look up at the NFL Network, that highlight is being replayed. 
you can't get enough of it. Whether it's an angle behind the end zone where Patrick Mahomes is coming right at you with that jump pass slash push pass to Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the back of the end zone. It was the most awkward looking thing, and yet it's so normal for Mahomes. And the spin move, too, on the sidelines. If you didn't hear our conversation with Bucks sideline reporter TJ Reeves from Monday night, wait, Sunday night? Sunday night, right? Uh, Sunday night. Then you have to go back and listen because I asked him his perspective on that play, and Mahomes was actually rushing toward him. So Mahomes was scrambling, coming toward the right sideline if you're looking at the end zone from behind the Chiefs line of scrimmage and so he's scrambling to the right and that's exactly where TJ was posted up and he actually started to move out of the way because he assumed that there would be a tackle and that Mahomes and maybe some of the uh, other defenders the Bucks defenders would end up off the field of play and he would be in the way and potentially get taken out so he starts to back up and then watches with his jaw open as Mahomes spins out Mahomes of magic. the would-be grasp of a tackler and ends up with that push pass toward the back of the end zone where Clyde is waiting. So yeah, really cool stuff. All of our guests and our conversations, our interviews are posted separately on our podcast, After Hours, amylawrence.com. People still ask me every single day, hey, do you have a podcast? Can I listen to your show somewhere else if I don't catch it live? Of course you can. We aim to please. We are a full service operation. We know the Major League Baseball matchups now moving forward into Wild Card Weekend. We do not know the times, but we know the matchups. Aaron Judge making history in the penultimate game of the regular season. The Braves win yet another National League East title. And, of course, we've got plenty from the football world. But I hope you don't mind, and even if you do, uh, I suppose <laughs> that you'll get over it. Uh, we always veer off the beaten path a little bit uh, this time of the week as part Part of the Hump Show, we give you a chance to ask Amy anything. It's the longest-running franchise here on After Hours, going back to year number two. We're now in year number 10. <laughs> and you all still love it, and you still send questions, and it's been, let's see, Tom, Tom, Anthony, Isaac, Dave, Chris, Jay. Oh, my gosh. Is that Eight eight or nine producers who've had the opportunity to field the questions, pick the questions and then ask the questions. And let me just be honest. There were plenty of those guys who felt like the segment was about them because they got to speak up. I mean, one guy actually thought that he should answer every question that was, that he was asking me that he should then answer it as well. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, that pretty much is the way producers get cycled out. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's not, but, but it's been a lot of producers and still just one Amy. Uh, and so we continue to do it because you continue to ask the questions and we appreciate that couple of minutes left. Jay still, he's, Rubbing the hair on his chinny chin chin. Uh, he's still looking for questions. So after our CBS on Twitter or on our Facebook page, it's Spend the hump in. show. Uh, my eyes are still open. <laughs> it's just been one of those weeks. They're all one of those weeks now. That's just how it goes. <laughs> you are listening to the after hours podcast. This is after hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of.
How many more years do you think it will be before Peyton Manning is no longer the it guy for any type of commercial or ad or campaign? I mean, every time I look up, he's in a different commercial that I've never seen before. Just made my first TikTok. Yeah. It's amazing, the staying power. And I say that about Boomer Esiason a lot, too, actually, because he's into his 60s. I mean, he's not shy about saying his age. He's into his 60s, and he and Phil Simms still very relevant, where a lot of other NFL players or even pro athletes, they kind of lose their attractiveness after it's been a generation of people who didn't see them play. Those two guys are still very relevant and and doing a lot of different um, projects and a lot of different media gigs. I don't know why. I, I guess because I looked up and saw Peyton Manning. Like, well, that's a new commercial I haven't seen before. He's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he's got all kinds of new ventures, like Peyton and Eli on Monday nights, and he's got his own production company uh, where he touts a bunch of different stuff, like Pat McAfee is soon to be uh, doing college football on Saturday nights, like the stream of consciousness. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. That's a question that really doesn't have an answer, um, but... I'm hoping to give you the answers for the questions that you have posed to producer Jay for Ask Amy. I will say, though, about Peyton, the one thing about him that is good, he's in all these things. We see him all over the place, but he doesn't really seem to get old, at least to me. He's always done that's a pretty That's the one thing job. about him that's really good? Well, just about the fact that he's all over the TV all the time. <laughs> no, he's a great quarterback and seems like a good person. Not but. old. He's in his 40s. That's not old. What do you mean? No, I just like he doesn't get old, as in, like, I'm not tired of him. Like, I enjoy when gotcha. I see a new commercial with Peyton or something like that. All right, let's jump into it. So, Aaron Judge hit his 60-second home run last night. And David wants to know, if you caught Judge's 60-second home run, what would you do with it? I would give it back to him. I would ask for something in exchange, a memorabilia, certainly a photo, to commemorate the night that I was there and caught the ball. But I don't see it as my baseball. And I know Aaron Judge said it's the fan's ball. It's his souvenir. He's the one who caught it. He made a great catch. So I appreciate his generosity when it comes to that, not making a thing out of it. But of course, he'd like it back. And in my opinion, that ball belongs to him or belongs to the Baseball Hall of Fame. It does not belong to me. I just got to be part of the story. But it's not my story, and it's not my baseball. So as much as I get it, people can make... In fact, this guy, Corey, who caught it, apparently said he's already received an offer for $2 million. You'd be set for life. I understand it. But it's just luck of the draw that you happen to be right place, right time. Uh, I, I, I couldn't keep it. I mean, I, of course, I would ask. would ask for, you know... Like I said, photo, maybe something else, memorabilia, maybe something else I could sell. Like, how about you trade me the bat? I'll give you the ball. Um, but it's not my baseball. I wouldn't feel right keeping it. Now, keeping it sports memorabilia here, Mike wants to know, if you can get an autograph from one athlete, celebrity, or public figure, who would it be? I'm not really big into autographs. Can we change that to picture? Okay, a picture. Okay. So if I could get a picture, I would say one of my favorites our, uh, artist of all time is Tim McGraw. I've, I've been to over a dozen Tim McGraw concerts, and I think he's awesome. So if I could get a picture with Tim McGraw, that'd be amazing to be able to meet him. Tom Hanks, my all-time favorite actor. Uh, Denzel Washington, a pretty close second. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue is my favorite actress uh, from when I was growing up and watched Karate Kid 30 times. Uh, and she was most recently in CSI. It wasn't that long ago. So those are some of my favorite celebs. I'm trying to think if there's an athlete. I'm it's so hard for me to to set aside the work part of it and 
and think about it as a fan. But I, I will say this. The last time I was on Radio Row, Vaughn Miller was doing an interview at the booth next to where we were posted up. And I took photos. I never do this. But I was I was all fangirl and took photos because he was standing right there. And I couldn't believe that I could have reached out and touched Vaughn Miller. But, of course, I was too intimidated to say, hey, do you mind if I get a photo with you? So maybe Vaughn Miller. Steph Curry, I've always said, would be an amazing interview. I'm not, I don't need a photo with Steph Curry necessarily, but I'd love to have him on the show. Are we going to work on the Von Miller thing, by the way? Yeah, we're on the Von Miller thing. Are we? Okay, I trust you. I trust producer Jay when he tells me he's going to do something. We're going to try. So yeah, those. my mom would flip out if I got a photo and had a conversation with Chris Collinsworth. So I suppose I should put him in there as well. But yeah, and most of my like starstruck moments would have zero to do with sports. I, I don't even... Yeah, I'm not. It's too hard after 20 something years in the business to even think about being starstruck in sports. It's, it's like it's almost like that part of my brain is gone. I'm surprised John Elway didn't make that list. Well, again, it's a sports thing. Uh, I would love to meet him and have him on the show, but that'd be what I would think about an interview, not necessarily a photo. And I'm not an autograph person anyway. I have very few of them. Uh, so that's not really my jam. In fact, the first time somebody asked me for an autograph, I laughed. And then the person's face fell, and I felt so terrible. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry here. Anyway. So. Ten bucks. No, stop it. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Moving on here. Keith, at, Keith asks, do you have a secret talent that most people wouldn't know about? I have so many secret talents. Would you like me to list them all? I would. Problem is, then they won't be secrets anymore. Give me two of them. Jay, why don't you tell people my secret talents? Just to see if you have any idea if you've been paying attention. Baking. Is that really a secret? No, I don't think that's a secret, really. Well, yard work, you're pretty good at. I don't know if everyone okay. knows that. <laughs> Want to hear something funny? Uh, after I shared the photos of the flowers, the fall flowers that a friend gave me, it's it, they're on Twitter and Facebook, the photo is, uh, someone wrote to me and said, nice landscaping. Landscaping? Yeah, me with a lawnmower and a pair of gloves <laughs> for pulling weeds. That's the landscaping right there. Oh, and a, a shovel to dig a hole first in the wrong place and then in the right place for Lila. Actually, if you look in the background of the photo that I shared, Lila is growing strong. My lilac, she's sturdy and rooted and getting taller. I'm just, I'm very excited. Oh, secret talents. So in, in other words, if you don't know them, they're secrets. I have one that I don't think people would know. What's I that? Know. You could throw a Frisbee better than most people I've ever played Frisbee with. That's true. It's true. I, that's true. I do have an arm. Uh, I can play Frisbee. I can throw a ball pretty damn well. Uh, I'll go with this one. I can also play piano. I've played piano for decades, and people maybe don't realize that. I don't talk about it a lot. I have a piano. It's the same kind of piano that I grew up playing, and it's even when I go months without playing it, because sometimes I just don't have the time to sit. Because I'm not the person that can sit down, play for two minutes, and get up and leave. It's a very emotional experience for me because it just means so much to me. It's an attachment to my mom, who's played for 60-something years. Um, it's an attachment to my childhood. It's I love music. And so I can't just sit down and play. I generally play until my butt hurts. That's how long I play. Anyway, I can go for months without it and still look at my piano and just be so full of joy that it's in my house. So I'll say play piano. Uh, also, let's see. What else? Nah, that was, that was you know what? One. If I share any more, they're not secrets. So I'm going to keep them to myself. I like that one. I'm going to wow people and keep them to myself.
Time for a little food portion of asking me anything, of course. Boom. Tom asks, are there any recipes that have been passed down through the generations in your family? Have you passed them to anyone outside your family, or are they a closely guarded secret? There is one in particular. Well, there's a couple in particular that I absolutely love. I wouldn't say they're they're anything amazing, but we really enjoy them in my family. One of them is a soup that we call Venus de Milo soup. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned it's a secret ingredient and I will not tell anyone how we make the soup. It's, it's got some of your standard ingredients like ground beef, tons of vegetables, potato. My mom gets really mad when I put sweet potato in. She thinks it changes the taste. I happen to love it, but there is one secret ingredient it's garlic, it's onion, it's chicken broth, but there's one secret ingredient that gives it a zip and a zest that I don't tell anyone. So that's an ingredient that actually, um, excuse me, that's a recipe that got passed down from my grandmother to my mom. And when I first was learning how to cook, I was so resistant. I refused to learn how to cook till I was 30. The most of the day I could cook was pasta, boil water. I just, I hated the thought of cooking. But this is one of the first recipes that my mom passed down. Another recipe that we have in our family that's also been passed down from my grandmother, stroganoff. Do you know what stroganoff is? Oh, so good. We have a special stroganoff that we do with cream of mushroom soup. It is amazing. And so that's another one. I don't eat a lot of egg noodles these days, but I do love our stroganoff recipe. And then... Coconut cream pie. My grandmother used to make it for me on all of my special occasions, birthdays specifically. It's my favorite dessert of all time, and her recipe has been passed down. Is that the one you made for me? Uh, no, I did. It was a different recipe, but I did make a coconut cream pie. Did I make it for you? Well, yes, you made it yes, I, I did. <laughs> I, I'm I say made it did. for producer Jay, a coconut cream pie just for Jay. I'll take it, and it was delicious. <laughs> Michael wants to know, what is your second favorite show or series after Star Wars? Oh. He assumes Star Wars is your favorite. Well, it is. Absolutely, it is. The Star Wars universe is one that I could get lost in. If Meta tried to pull a Star Wars room or a Star Wars uh, part of its universe, I might actually have to reconsider that Meta is the devil. Uh, okay, let's see. Second favorite like TV show or series? Yeah, or? TV show or series or movie. Maybe I'll take like movie series is fine. Oh, I love Lord of the Rings. I haven't gotten into the new Amazon Prime show yet. Um, I don't know if I'll like it. I just, I like the original Lord of the Rings. I love Aragorn. My gosh, if I could, if I could design a man to marry, it would be Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, Vigo. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. Uh, I'd even take his long hair. That's how impressed I am with him. So that's one. Uh, I also really love the, this is dumb, but I really love the Chicago series. So Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. I'm big into the crime dramas. So yeah, I, those are those are some of the ones that I enjoy. Interesting one here. Tyler. Oh, wait, hold oh, on, ahead, hold on. Favorite, this is now going on six seasons. Favorite TV show, SEAL Team. Amazing. Nice. Yes. Nice. Okay, go ahead. Tyler wants to know, what would you do if you were the only survivor of a plane crash in a remote area? Like on the TV show Lost? Just like Except Lost. for they were a group alone, of yeah. them. Yeah. What would I do? Only survivor of a plane crash in a remote area. Well, I guess I would figure out, oh, I'd have to start eating bugs. Oh, no. Maggots. Speaking of bugs, I had to kill a shower, a spider in the shower uh, this week. And I didn't have anything to kill it with, so I actually smushed it with my hand. Are wow. You, I, is that effing badass or not? <laughs> yeah, I was I'd like, ah! like I did it while I was screaming. I probably scared the thing half to death. Uh, let's see. What, what would I do? I'd figure out how to make a fire. And then I would figure out how to eat bugs. 
and then I would find the nearest cell phone tower. There's got to be one. There's there's cell phone towers everywhere. All right, I like your odds. Okay. Thank thank you. <laughs> I would start swimming. Just keep swimming. Just nice. keep swimming. Rapid fire. Close us out here. Tulips or sunflowers? Tulips. History or science fiction? Oh, history. As much as I love Star Wars, and that would be called science fiction, I'm a history buff. Stuffed crust pizza or normal cheese pizza? Normal? You mean thin crust? Yeah. Thin, thin, stuffed crust or thin crust? Yeah. That gives away uh, Jay's proclivities. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a thin crust girl. Chicken nuggets or chicken fingers? Chicken fingers. Analog or digital? I mean, I wish we could go back to analog when we used to splice a tape, but no, digital obviously makes life a whole lot easier. Well, that wraps up this last one nicely. Live in 1969 or 2069? Can I have a lightsaber? <laughs> Maybe in 2069. All right. No, I'm, I'm good in 2022. I refuse to answer that. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.